Good morning, everybody. Hope everybody's doing well. Good morning. So, yeah, so today we're going to talk about the energy, what's going on in the collective, astrology. Um, and so, Pam, will go ahead and just go ahead and give us an update of what's going on. Okay. okay. So, oh, I hear that. Okay. Sorry. Um, astrologically speaking, we're about to have an eclipse on Saturday, and that's pretty exciting. Um, Aries and Libra are fully kind of taking, um, I would say the opening, like the opening of their one and a half year access alignment um, for the eclipse. So sorry, I'm like trying to break it down a little bit, I guess. Um, so you can think about like fate and destiny and the way that the earth aligns with its like north and south nodes is like what really controls the eclipses and they last for about 18 months in cycles and so back in april is when this aries libra um alignment started and so it's closing out the past six months and really shifting into that energy um for where we're going as a collective and then at the end of the month with the full moon eclipse in scorpio taurus that closes out um that cycle that we've just been through for the past 18 months and so looking at aries and libra it's really right now focusing on relationships and partnerships um venus controlling love and beauty and finances and just yeah relationships business partnerships um and balancing of libra the harmony of that and then you have aries which is obviously aggression or passion um so when these things like come together um it's just something that is really like we were talking about collaboration um and venus just spending summer in leo in a retrograde that she does every 18 months it was really hitting relationships and we had talked about that in one of our previous episodes how it was like a lot of breakups <laughs> a lot of relationship things were happening and so she just moved into virgo and completed like months in leo um so that's also going to send a shift so i guess that's what i really was thinking about and um wanted to share with you this morning natalie um what so what does that mean like what what does it mean when venus is going in the opposite direction not retrograde what is it called if she's not a retrograde normal grade no no it's direct the planets are direct so that means okay. they're like in their normal um speed and energy zone and they're like having forward motion compared to a retrograde where they appear to be going backwards that to a standstill and um yeah it's more like slowing down and reflecting so now it's like all that we did and from pretty much july the very beginning of july end of june to, to now was like retrograde of venus and that heart of the matter of leo um so now it's like full steam ahead shifts will happen in Virgo, <laughs> much more organized and practical. So we're going to have practical relationships. <laughs> <laughs> is it that easy? It's not that easy, is it? <laughs> uh, 
Well, I mean, Virgo, if you, yeah, it's all about it's looking all about at their personality life. traits, right. their energetic mm -hmm. traits, right? And seeing how they're in harmony or whatnot. And um, Virgo is ruled by Mercury. So you got that masculine feminine balance there. Oh, very good. Between like Venus that. and Mercury. Yeah. So, I mean, it is about grounding because it's an earth sign, but it's the maiden, right? So it is a practical, like you can think about, um, you know, a young woman just trying to decorate the house and clean and organize the house <laughs> and, you know, that kind of energy. So if you can come into harmony um, in relationships with that, absolutely. But it's oh, also business <laughs> partnerships. You know what I mean? Like, like us and what we're doing and you know it's not just um romantic friendships and family and like all the relationships all the all the relationships that's probably what i was cleaning yesterday <laughs> yeah me too virgo. it's a virgo energy when she comes in she's all clean your space yeah, yeah, dirty rat. No, <laughs> yeah, I was so organized in September. Like I started filing stuff on my computer. Like I never created files and downloads. Like I don't, you know, I wasn't organized like that. But all of a sudden, I was, you know, color coding files and yeah, I was, <laughs> I was definitely tapped into some Virgo energy. Well, it's good. We need it. And trust me, I love my Virgos. I have a lot of, so I am a Taurus, right? I'm a bull. The, well, that, that's my sun sign. But, and, and Virgos and I are, they get, they keep me on track, man. I need Virgos in my life because they're just like on their shit. Like, that's what I just noticed. And I don't know, you know, some people are like, yeah, but people are different. Some people don't believe in all that stuff. But I'm going to tell you what, I can spot a Virgo a million miles away. <laughs> and I'm usually like, are you Virgo? And we get along great. And they're organized. They have their stuff together. Everything has to be detail-oriented. Mm -hmm. I'm like, they remember exactly. You didn't say I had a friend used to be like, no, this is what you said. And I'm like, oh, my God, really? Do we got to be verbatim? Does it have to be exactly like I said it? Yes. I was like, fine, whatever. Um, but she was always just like on top of me, making sure things were good and perfect or whatever. Um, but I felt some of that. Like, I know you were saying about the energy and feeling it, but I felt some of that yesterday where I was like, I just need to get my stuff together, get organized. You know, I'm really looking at like, purging stuff again you know mm -hmm. making space for new um yep. that kind of makes sense when you think about like the virgo energy even with women like premenstrual like i don't know if women even know this but premenstrual we feel the need to clean our place so we could have a place to nest and i that's how i used to know like ah i'm about to start you know what i mean i'd start organizing and cleaning and i wanted a clean space and it's because i knew that when I was going to start, I just wanted to relax. And, you know, maybe the next cycle will be about that, you know, cleaning out the space so that we can actually, you know, nest and do the things that we need to do. Um, yeah, I like that. So not, yeah, not just with women, but with, the, you know, even in the collective energy. Um, and part of the collective, um, you know, that I was telling you earlier is like, I was with, you know, la so I'm working on some things. And you guys won't believe, but you guys know that the marijuana is, you know, becoming legal in a lot of states. And I almost think it's just a matter of time before it's like 
federally decriminalized. Yeah. Um, which, you know, it needs to be already. You know what I mean? It's like this, you know, if the states are saying it's acceptable, there seems to be, um, you know, this collaborative collective idea that, okay, you know, this herb, which has helped individuals tremendously, um, you know, is decriminalized and, and these people are saying hey we we, are, we accept it collectively it should be decriminalized but as they've criminal criminalized it or you know made it a federal offense many many people have you know suffered from that in the past um and it's crazy to me because um we have black markets and black markets have been running the um marijuana industry for forever almost like the bootleggers were running the, you know, yeah. when, right? When, when yeah. alcohol was, you know, the prohibition or whatever. Yeah. And it's crazy to me because the marijuana um, is, I, to me, is a critical thing and, and it should be passed, but we have this collective trauma from all of that, from the oh, individuals yeah. that were not able to do what they did and and it's funny because it's really kind of crazy there's all these crazy connections that i see because i was raised in that environment um and you see that these individuals who had a passion for marijuana um had to be underground and that's how they made their money and a lot of those individuals end up on like food stamps right they ended up on housing. Um, they were entrepreneurs and that's what they wanted to do was sell marijuana. Like seriously, that was the thing. But the black market, never in my life did I think the black market would come together collectively to partner. I'm not saying that there wasn't partnerships happening in the black market. They had to obviously to keep their self going. Um, but now that it's become legal and, and the black market's trying to be legal, they're trying to do things, you know, um, I don't want to say the right way because I don't think the black market was the wrong way. It's just they, they made them wrong. But yeah. they're coming together yeah. to try to understand the policies that are there so that, you know, they can operate within the system. Um, and to see them come together um, the other night as a collective was to me an anomaly like that to me was like wow we're sitting around talking about how they're going to collaborate have each other on each other's business plan their social and equity plan and all the things and i was like wow what a transformation that that's i mean that to me is partnership that to me is like an industry where there was so much violence and so much i mean people got shot back in the day you know for for yeah. stuff like this yeah. for the the drug sell that now they're sitting around the table talking about how they were going to be legit and yeah. i mean it was just, it, to me it was crazy and actually it, it brought tears to my eyes because here we have individuals who who were always made wrong for who they were now saying you're good enough and people are seeking them out for their knowledge and wisdom of this particular plant you know, or this plant medicine. Um, and of course, you have these individuals who are trying to extort. <laughs> um, they're trying to extort. That's not the right word. They're trying to, um, um, what is it called? I can't think of the word. It's kind of early. Come on, come <laughs> out. 
Um, uh, what is the word? It's right there. Okay, well, um, I wish we had the listeners on here. They could probably help us out, but I don't see anybody on. So help us out. Okay, somebody has the, the language. Um, well, yeah. I've, no, it's not the word, and I can't think in, about it. In no. Maine, see, like, it's, it's kind of different in a sense. Like, I can remember, like, yeah, people would sell it from their houses, and, you know, it every and then it started getting um medical medical marijuana only and i think it was like three hundred dollars or something to get a card and it was very like you know you had to go through the doctor and like in the beginning and it was it took a while and then they added um recreation and then like mm -hmm. slowly in the last couple years the laws have changed so much that I mean, you know when you hit Maine because there are stores, there's recreational across the street for medical. And like, it's just the only difference is maybe like the, the tax price and the fact that you have a card or you don't. And cards are now like $40 and you can get them in like two minutes over the phone with a doctor. Um, so it's become, in Maine, we're fighting, I think, more about corporations and big companies that eventually could be federal or capital. You know what I mean? It's not like all the local competitors that were once home growers. And you know what I mean? So I totally understand what you're saying. I don't think, like, in Maine, people didn't get shot over that. Like, it wasn't as violent. Um, you just got ripped off. I'll come to New like, Mexico. Yeah. Her bag of like stem and seeds that got pinched and got pinched. Got and, pinched. You know, so you, were, you just like whatever, you know, you got mad. You just went and found it for somebody else. Like, oh no, bro. Like, Not on the streets of New Mexico. You don't mess with somebody's product. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Uh huh. Uh, I shouldn't laugh because it's not funny. I mean, you know, the back in the day, it was pretty. It was pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a lot of the historical trauma here too that we hold collectively. You know, there's a lot of things in New Mexico, a beautiful place, but man, I can tell you, there's the the black market here is is uh it's a scary place. Mm. You know what I mean? It's not you don't mess around. Um here <laughs> it's not it's not like oh we're just gonna give you a slap on you know people actually yeah did get pretty violent here but now you're seeing these individuals um which is funny man i can't just can't explain to see these um homies right <laughs> i'm working with them and it brings me so much joy in my heart to work with individuals who never had the chance to um think they were enough or that they that they brought some kind of value or not understand but are really wanting to learn um it just they didn't have a chance you know what i mean it, they were never given the chance nobody ever um reached out to give them the chance or, or whatnot and so you know i just think it's just um i think it's it's absolutely beautiful and and I feel blessed and honored to be working with those individuals, but I think that the, the laws are changing and I think it's great. And I think eventually, you know, we, you know, as women of consciousness, you know, I believe in, in these medicines. I believe in these plants. Um, you know, I, I, do. <laughs> I know. And I believe in their power to help yeah. heal. Yeah. Um, and that's so, kind of you know, the shifts 
definitely as a collective that we're looking at because even like psilocybin with you know mushrooms and stuff um there are a lot of things that are trying to get passed state by state in Rhode Island and over the summer legalized it um so yeah I think it's really important absolutely Mm-hmm. And, and partnership like that's definitely what we're seeing as part of the collective is like this balancing and we were talking about that last episode of just gender the masculine and feminine and how like and their own roles um we're kind of integrating and you know rising up in that and so it's only a matter of time before we see that externally you know we're playing out in the collective because mm-hmm. of all the transformation we're doing on those personal levels it's like okay now it's time to shift and act and create like um come together and it's that you know like in even spiral dynamics like you would say right we have to shift there's mm-hmm. <laughs> we have to move up and evolve yeah and work together and i think that's that's the critical piece how do we work together you know what i mean um so so hey dude sean um yeah just read for you well that's good i think you're you said you're in florida right so you know it, it's legal there right i don't remember if it's legal in florida in florida yeah remember all the laws i know my cousin lives out there is it uh i did shrooms during the height of the pandemic you know pandemic propaganda and it was interesting yeah i bet <laughs> i wouldn't have been watching any political news or anything if i was on shrooms <laughs> there was all fear tactics and then you spiraled out in a bad trip i just did my best i would go work out at the park i remember during the the like you say the pandemic right uh, i'd go out to the park i know it's like the off topic just came to mind though and then the, these people, you know, because they wanted everybody wearing masks, whatever. I was like, I already know masks. This was me, right? I have my own choice. Not going to get into who's right or wrong about it, but I wasn't going to do it. First of all, I have asthma. First of all, I suffocate. Secondly, I was like, if it's my time to go, so be it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> natural causes, the survival of the fittest, and I'm not fit enough. But I would go to the park and work out. Then these people would come up and they'd be like, good for you to keep moving because people were trying to walk and get out. And I had my trainer actually out there with me. <laughs> he would be out there, he'd bring all his tools and I'd be, you know, doing my thing. Um, but yeah. But no, it was an interesting time and I couldn't imagine being, you know, on anything during that time. It's like you couldn't get away from that fear tactics they were using to the fear mongering or whatever they call it. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I definitely feel like that, that was a shift, huge time meant, uh-huh. you know, like some astrological alignments and things occurred during that time period. That absolutely. Yeah. Um, it was meant to to um what it did to the collective and wake them up in waves because look how much people kind of realize like wow my life <laughs> my life is not what i want it to be and like we can work from home now that was amazing um it as was. As that was even difficult you know but it was still a huge nothing's been the same since and it never no, it hasn't. You know, it was good and bad. I'm sorry, I don't mean to to just cut you up, but it was good and bad. But you know what? The the actual 
I kind of think it was a detriment to do the homework. I think it was good, but I think it was bad for some, like me, someone like me. Okay. I'm just talking about yeah. myself, but I don't want to leave my house anymore. And that's not good. Oh, yeah. Because we need people, we need to be able to connect with one, one another. We need to be able to come into community yeah. together. We need to, be able to get out and connect. And I am not doing enough of that. I can tell you that right now. Yeah. It's pretty, it's, it's to me, it's like terrible. And <laughs> it's I think like, that's why some people are ready finally, like as a collective where we are coming together in collaboration, right? Because there has been mm -hmm. so much, you know, in, like we're already a society that's based on the individual. You're out for yourself. Um, you know what I mean? Like you are your own priority kind of mentality. And then it's like, yeah, this separation, isolation, um, and now it's like people are, cause they've noticed that even in just community, like people are coming out, you know, tourism, we're a big tourism state and, um, it was booming this year. Yeah. I would say the biggest in the past couple of years. COVID for me, like, honestly, I, like, I, I, I had a lot of empathy and compassion for what I saw and what I witnessed and I had my own struggles cause I had, you know, kids and I was a teacher. So I definitely had to deal with the zoom world and work from home but um yeah. i kind of thrived honestly it was a really yeah. positive time in my life uh -huh, that uh -huh. um that chance because i already live in the country so like you know what i mean and i kind of revolted too i didn't want to like conform and i had to um give into the system because i actually went cross country i went to arizona uh -huh. for like nine weeks and in that um i went to like la and San Francisco. So like in my travels, I kind of had to, um, you know, adapt to the COVID, you know, CDC stuff. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. But yeah, so it was still interesting, but I didn't give in a fear. And that was the thing. Like I wasn't afraid, like I knew my body, I knew my health, I knew my limits, you know, like, and um, yeah, so it was kind of kind of interesting time. To yeah, I don't know. I agree. I think it was just a shift. Um, and I think now you're right in terms of like us being able to now come together collectively. But even, and I mean, let's just say that, okay, so the good things about it, right, um, is that our school, our own program, decided to move to an online platform. So we literally would have never met, right? Had that oh, not yeah. happened. That, was, I was that totally prepared me. I was prepared, uh, I felt, yeah. Because I had already so, kind of been living that life. <laughs> so it was, so there was good from it, but now it's like, okay, now I've got to reconnect to people. Like this is not yeah. good. Yeah, I need to connect. I need to, um, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so, and so in the past year, uh -huh. I've really had that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we're coming together with people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's taken yeah. a while to manifest yeah. out of it. But yeah, I would say as a collective, even I feel like other people um, are feeling that. Like they're kind of finding, they're either finding their community and kind of where they're belonging a little bit more after like shift was taking place. Or I feel like people are definitely walking away. Um, or trying, you know, kind of struggling with that attachment and detachment, letting go. Um, but they're feeling it. They're feeling that inner, you know, turmoil or shift or guidance, trying to get them to walk away and go where they're meant to go. That's right. Yeah, I, I do. I agree. 
And I'm like, so for now, I feel very, um, I'm starting to make connections with people and I feel pretty excited about that. So, you know, I think I, I call the time, um, <laughs> we just totally go on what you said about the pandemic. Now we're talking about it. That's funny, but it doesn't matter. I well, felt like we're, we're, in, the, we're in the like ripple effect of it, I guess, realistically. It, yeah. It did have a huge I, cultural uh -huh. impact. Yeah. That we're navigating. Yeah. I feel like we were in an incubation. Mm. Like, that's what I was saying. We're like eggs that are incubating, you know, and like we were baby chickens that hatched and now we're just trying to refine our way. We're like, right. oh, you know, following the mama. I don't know who the mama was, but whatever. <laughs> we were just, you know, hatching out, right? Yeah. Um, and then now it's like I'm starting to make connections and get out and do these events and start to meet new people and I have a new purpose and I feel actually more grounded in what I'm up to than I did before, um, I, which feels phenomenal. So now I can say, hey, here's my purpose. Here's what I'm up to. Here's what I'm doing. You know, do you want to be a part of this? Do you want to support? What do you want to do? Can can we collaborate? Can we connect? What does it look like? All that kind of stuff. So partnership definitely, I think, is the next phase of this where it's like um, a wave, like you said, where we did need to kind of go underground into the dark night of the soul. You know, even if they did plan it, um, you know, who cares? Thank you for planning it because yeah. all you did was allow me to get closer to my purpose. And now I'm just going to come back stronger for that, you know? So, and that's a good thing because some people are pissed and I'm like, well, maybe I wasn't so pissed off. It allowed me to break up dynamics that were suffocating me in ways that I didn't even understand. Um, and a lot of it had to do with the developmental process for myself, like individuation, which I should have gone through when I was young, which mm -hmm. I didn't because I had parents who perhaps didn't allow me to individuate. And so what did I do? I had to learn how to do that myself. Yeah. I let go of abusive jobs and relationships. Exactly. So really they did us a favor for those who were spiritually awake this pandemic thing or whatever you want to call it was a favor to us because now what they did is they strengthened the people who were spiritual warriors they just gave us the strength and fuel we needed am <laughs> i that it's not really it's like you just i'm coming back stronger and so yeah. thank you you know what i mean <laughs> but those who are not ready for that spiritual battle are probably still kind of messed up. You know, if we're the, here's how I see it. If people are still on the narrative of what happened in the pandemic, then they didn't, they, 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 they missed it. They missed something from that experience because I don't talk about it at all. It's not even a thought of my mind. I understand no. the, 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 I understand the, the, um, repercussions or the ripples like you were talking about. Yeah. yeah, you know, Pam, I understand it, but I understand that it made me a stronger person and that's what I needed in order to do my work. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, closer to I, purpose. Yes, otherwise I would still be banging my head against the wall, forcing the wrong path. Amen. Good job. <laughs> Congratulations. See, so, so, right. in, so in the pandemic, we've got to have some thanks for 
whatever twisted narrative they were trying to do. Some people went with the twisted narrative. I didn't pay attention. Oh, yeah. to you could see how many people were just filled with fear. Absolutely. And then the people that wouldn't conform at all, like the ones that were really rebellious. Like I remember seeing um, a guy like yelling, like, you know, up and down Santa Monica, like Boulevard. And he was like, yeah, don't conform. Don't conform. I don't know. He's like protesting all by himself. But I mean, hey, that's awesome. Yeah. I, yeah, I didn't. I, didn't. I had to yell at my mom. Like I had to tell her, "Do not do this." Right? Like it was these things that I was trying to educate my family because it's like you've got to understand first of all what's going on before you just start freaking out. You know, the thing with me, it's like if this was a true problem, right? This is how I always kept trying to tell my mom. You know, we would see thousands and thousands of bodies on the street just dead corpses that wasn't happening you know what i mean so for me yeah. i'm like oh whatever this is like i'm not i was like i'm not afraid of this thing and it, it also because i'm not afraid oh the monk you guys have to watch hundred eyes right it's a small clip on netflix like you know me and my kung fu but anyway he says something that was so profound and the you know the con or whatever on the show is like the con goes hey um are, you're not afraid of death monk and he goes it, he's like it's not that i'm not afraid of death i just don't cling to life and i was like whoa that was so profound i was like that's yeah. awesome and that's it you know yeah, you can't cling cool. to life because life yeah. comes and goes you don't know when life is gonna end for you so for me i was never yeah. like yeah, the fear tactics and all, none of that worked well, for me. Well, that goes back to plant medicines and why they're, you know, illegal because mushrooms and DMT and ayahuasca and, you know, the, even marijuana, if you don't abuse it and you use it in ritual right enough, like you can get downloads from that. But um, yeah, they give ego deaths and they show you what's on the other side and all these beautiful things that are healing and <laughs> so amazing. So yeah, that's why it's just all, I don't know, soapbox, right? It could take us down no. a rabbit hole on a soapbox. On a soapbox. <laughs> um, I mean, oh, it could be, but system. I think that it's, I think it's important to talk about, right? I think that, yeah. um, you know, I don't know if it's a soap, well, it could be a soapbox, just well, depending. Well, I mean, the systems that like, oh, for sure. you're talking about sure. war, dark and light dark and light and it's crazy yeah. i know but the energies i kind of like it from that theme when we're talking about energy shifts because if you saw it as a wave you know maybe there's like these these stages that were we went through spiritually through the um from post-pandemic or pre-pandemic uh pandemic to post-pandemic to post post-pandemic right like mm -hmm. what were the stages of spiritual evolution through that process you know what i mean I think that's a powerful question to ask. Go ahead. Absolutely. No, as I say, I know there's definitely a lot of trauma. Like the school systems, they saw um, a lot of obviously loss in education. So it definitely set kids back intellectually, um, emotional and social, you know, because now a lot of kids are struggling with the online home learning. So culturally, mm -hmm. like you're talking about a post-post wave, like mm -hmm. the, uh, psychologically, like we're doing aftermath, like damage care control with our youth mm -hmm. and trying to reintegrate, 
you know, that my son, um, fourth grade, this is his second full like school year because I ended up homeschooling him in second grade. But it took up until third and fourth grade for him to have two kind of normal years um, because it was all pandemic when he started kindergarten. Um, Gosh, I know the kiddos. Yeah. That's and, and that, okay. So for them, they're the ones who really got the shit end of it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because of that. Absolutely. It was a huge shift and impact and um, shock. Like my older son was in, in fourth grade, fourth and fifth, he went through it. Or, um, yeah. Oh, so much frustration, like, because he couldn't be with his friends and just the mm -hmm. Zoom stuff. Like, we made it work, but yeah it was and then they're just in front of electronics all day and you know they're giving them computers now at ages that they weren't getting them before so it was a lot it's a lot, a lot of shit um yeah and not just that but when we look at like the way so we go to other things but like the kiddos being the ones that they there's like this base programming time that happens with children where they, you know, for learning and stuff like that. And my friend is a teacher. She said that they are behind yeah. academically and developmentally. Yeah. Yeah. They're behind. And that's really kind of sad because the kids are the ones that are really um, kind of suffered from it. But I think you could turn it into a good thing too, right? It's like, well, what are the positives? I mean, how do we... Oh, these kids are in for a big man. It's it, it's crazy. The complex issues that they're going to face is beyond our understanding. But how do we prepare them for what's to come? Right. Still, even though, even in the midst of all this, right. Even in the midst of the, the craziness that they put us through. I don't know. It's just, it's a whole crazy yeah. um, spiral yeah. whirlwind, right? The teachers uh, uh, with this garbage, yeah. Psychological harm view. Open child abuse of masks. Yeah, I mean everything, right? Child, mm -hmm. oh, walking with um, masks again. Um, yeah, you could tell that some adults liked masks because, oh, the yeah, the oh, the other part of it, yeah, just like the child stuff. I mean, those are deeper issues that are just kind of like the the real. Let's just say this: whatever happened in this whole scenario, the dark the darkness or the shadow was revealed. There was light revealed on the shadow or there oh, was light. Definitely collective shadow, shadow. Absolutely. Collective shadow. And, yeah. and in a way it was good because it's, it, it, it gave that awareness to individuals who didn't understand this stuff was happening, which right. I was aware of all this child stuff and everything a long time ago, because I do research, I read, I, you know, I'm constantly looking at stuff. I was doing the sex trafficking stuff ages ago and, and doing research on it before it was, I don't want to say popularized, but before a lot of the mass, yeah. yeah, the whole collective understood what was yeah. going on. Yeah, and well, I knew too movement. That was the time of Jupiter and Scorpio. Uh, Scorpio. Mm -hmm. um, so, mm -hmm. and astrologically, I was watching that whole Me Too narrative play out and seeing that, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah Jupiter and Scorpio kind of energy having a lot to do with that. And that's the thing. Sometimes when you can see those certain shifts and you understand it and then you see it play out, you know, for a lot of people, it was like, oh, it's just, 
you know, this annoyance, oh, it keeps happening or whatever. And it's like, no, this is a specific timing in the calendar of um, <laughs> the solar system, right? Yeah, yeah. Crazy. But and it does the play shadows out. have to be revealed. They do, and I and I think the collective shadow is a lot scarier than people thought. <laughs> oh yeah, or wanted to oh, even gosh. even to acknowledge or accept. So mm -hmm. yes, there was a. But is it important that we see it? Yes. Is it important that we know it's there? Yes. We could be mad at it. We can um, persecute it. We can nail it to the cross. But the reality is, is that that collective is part of us. Mm -hmm. and, and there's this interconnection that we don't even understand. You know, it's like, um, I think it was Thick's, um, Thick, Thick Not Hun, or however you say his name, said something like that. And there's like a video where he's like, I am, you know, the I am a lover, I am a this, I am a hater, I'm a murderer, I'm a rapist, I'm a this, I'm a that. And he goes through all these things and he's like, collectively we are one and we don't want we are like well i didn't do that i I'm, I'm not the one participating in that i'm not the one but it's part of the collective and it impacts us regardless it's still there it's still a part of us and it still impacts us now can we mitigate it or can we eradicate it i don't think that we can eradicate it i don't think that i i would love to believe that we could I would love to believe that these deep, dark things that surface in us, these shadows can be eradicated, but not, I don't think it happens here. But it, I think this is our learning portal where we can learn how to look at these things in the face and love them anyway. And I think all the sages, all the, all the, um, the prophets, all of the quote unquote saviors or whatever you want to call them, right? That's what they were trying to say is that you've got to love it anyway. And that's, that's probably one of the hardest things. That is the hardest thing to do on this planet, but we yeah. can, you know, and, and I think with the, you know, I think with the, um, you know, the fighting, right. Like that you're talking about, I like, this is just for me. I'm not saying for everybody else, but I'm, I, I love the way of the Shaolin, kung fu warrior because it's like do no harm but take no shit i know how to protect myself but i'm not going to actively go fight will i stand up for what i believe is right and correct yes i don't need to fight to do that i will voice my opinion now if i'm getting attacked by an individual i am going to protect myself then i'm like you've messed with the wrong person i have a right to protect myself i have a right to to do what i need to do so that i am not in harm's way or being hurt by somebody but will i actively go try to fight somebody no but i stand firm in principle i stand firm in my morals right and then i think yeah. that's what it is right now in society we're looking for culturally values morals we don't have any values that we're standing on we're re shifting into these new value systems our culture is asking for something new yeah. And we don't even know what the hell that is at this point. Nobody <laughs> does. We don't. You know yeah. that. Pam. Yeah. Who knows? No. no one knows. Yeah. I, I think it's too know. hard to envision um, the future. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's too much chaos. And yeah. Can't quite mm -hmm. see it clearly and don't believe it's true. Like, attainable. Um, but no, absolutely. 
I agree. And I was thinking, um, while you were talking about the collective shadow and whatnot, like obviously we've talked about being twin flames and energy and all of that stuff. And um, I feel like for some of my issues and what I've had to face is the collective shadow that I've had to take on and kind of integrate and dissipate. Um, So no, I don't think it'll ever go away, but I do think like we can uh, heal it. Absolutely. And I think we can integrate it and um, kind of release it. Like we don't have to allow it to impact us and, and we can, you know, not be, we can be aware without having to be afraid. Yeah, I agree. And I think, um, you know, healing it all we can do is heal it within ourselves and i it, yes it impacts the collective right but no matter what you say so let's just say let's just think of like these people that we call perpetrators right or the people that are out there doing these heinous things doesn't matter what you say or do doesn't matter what you tell them doesn't matter how much you call them this or what names you they cannot change until they decide to change for themselves they cannot heal until they ch- they decide to heal themselves you know what I mean? Until they're ready to face that. But also on the other end of that is why are they doing these things? Where did they learn? And that's where my compassion comes in. And this is how I'm able to heal from those narratives because they were taught. They were taught that. So it's perpetuated from ages and ages right, and ages right, ago. Right, Does it right. make it right? Right. It doesn't make it right. But it also, they were conditioned in a way to think that it is okay. And it and, and they justify that, mm. but deep down they know it's not okay. So it yeah. takes somebody yeah. brave enough to speak up and say this shit is not right. I, I don't know. And that's the same within your own family. Think about how hard it is. Just think about this: how hard is it in your own family to stand up to your family when they're doing something that's not right? Try it and see. Mm-hmm. You're just getting a tiny little backlash. Now try to fight the system. Right. Go for it. Let's see what happens. Because that's a bigger demon, if you want to call call it that. That shadow is bigger, and it's gonna come back and attack. So it's not it's not an easy thing, right? It's not just an overnight. Hey, these guys who are guys, women, whoever they are that are harming these children, you know what I mean? Go after them and see what happens. It's a multi-trillion-dollar industry. There is no way that that's gonna change. First of all, it's not even just about the act of what they're doing it's that there's money involved and power and control and all these health unhealthy things that are happening and circulating in the the subconscious mind of these individuals mm. and the collective unconscious now bring that to light right. and see if the energy field that holds that container is not going to fight back yeah it will it's the same thing with the war wars and everything and weapons mm-hmm. and like just yeah it's the whole system and then the money the, the system throw that in there yeah mm-hmm. so, yeah but that's but, what um some you know what i mean though there are things that are bigger than, are bigger than and the systems are meant to like we said have the shadows exposed and the systems kind of collapse and mm-hmm. these shifts um you know just small events you know whether it's eclipses or full moons or a certain planet being in a certain constellation 
like all of these little shit are what chips away at it. And, and you know, we you know we are feeling the personal, individual, emotional waves. And that's the important thing to notice, like the themes in your own life, your own life. coming up for you. Because maybe you're clearing intergenerational trauma. Maybe you're clearing collective trauma. Sometimes it's not our own stuff. And we don't realize that we're just caught up in the the emotions. And when we can step back and observe and analyze it and really question it and seek it, um, then we can do a lot of healing and not be drowning (laughs) in the emotion wave. Absolutely. Absolutely. Happy thoughts didn't allow us to hold our leaders accountable. But I think this is where we have an opportunity to, as uh, the more of us awaken and we do come together, right? Because we are searching for community and like building, you know, these foundations of partnership. This is where we, I feel like, can be the conscious seeds. If we can meditate together and work together, and this is where like plant medicine, I feel like helps too, because it's bringing ritual and ceremony and all of this ancestral, you know, roots that we've kind of lost as a culture. Um, we can plant collective, conscious, high vibrational thoughts, and we can kind of energetically mm-hmm. in the grid um, mm-hmm. take out the darkness. Yeah, and it's not just about happy thoughts. It's not even, you know, what no manifesting with intention. It's uh, yeah, that integrity with integrity and morals and values. Because the energy, there's no good or bad. You know, it's just what it is. It's the extreme of that. You know, so that plays out in the physical and. You know, so there's a million ways to look at things and label things and people and their actions. But at the end of the day, you know, it's just vibrations of dark energy compared to vibrations of higher light energy that are manifesting story narratives. Yeah, and it's, it's, it is. And when we get to the energetic piece, it is, but it's, it's not even um, about happy thoughts and not holding people accountable that you're missing the point completely. That's not, not at all what I don't think either one of us are trying to say either. There's moral principles and values and that need to be stood upon. And in the face of somebody saying that that's not what they think, I will rise and I will stand and I will say, that's not a happy thought. That's me saying, this is what I believe. If I'm getting attacked, then I will attack back, but I'm not going to attack first. And that's, and I think this is the great problem of our culture, right? And I don't even know if the Duchon's still on here, because if we go, if we just go out and start doing what you said, old schooler, stand up and fight old schooler, guess what? You become exactly what they want you to become. You're going to war. You're embodying the same war energy that they have. How are you any different? You're actually becoming them. And that, that it, it, I'm not saying it's right, wrong, good, or bad. You could do, if you feel that that's the best way for you to move through the world, then that's the best way for you to move. I personally don't believe that. Now, do I think humanity can get away from fighting in wars? No, I don't think so. I don't know that, the, I mean, historically speaking, we never have. And if you look at nature itself, it's always at war with things. There's always these things going on. There's constant change. You know what I mean? You have animals that, you know, it's for the whole circle of life or whatever. 
why we're going to war is it for the circle of life i don't know but i can tell you right now that no having happy thoughts is not um what we're talking about Okay. And yes, there are jails and yes, there are ways to, to hold, but who holds the moral code right now? We don't even have one. <laughs> what are our morals? What are our values? And what are our personal values and morals? Do we even know what those are? Because we have to look at our own first. Absolutely. We, we want, if we want other people to be held accountable to theirs, we collectively as a culture don't even have any at this point. And, and, it, and it's bad, but then I think it starts at the individual home, right? That home uh, piece, like how do we at home have our own values within our home and, and are we standing on them? Do we sit around the table as a family unit and say, here's what we believe, here are our morals, here are the pillars that we stand on, this is our code of honor? No, but we want to hold other people to these morals and codes and honor, but what are ours? So it, it starts with us. And these are things people don't want to hear. They don't like to hear it. Yeah. They want to point the finger at other people. And they don't want to look at their own. Their, point, the, point it back at yourself first and really look at yourself. Then once you do that and you look at yourself and you say, wow, where am I? What yeah. am I? Yeah. What are my values? Right. Yeah. Then it's like now we can look at the external and say, well, what are we collectively valuing? What are we collectively standing on? What are our morals in the collective? But do we do we even have it in our homes anymore? I don't even know that we do. We used to have family values. I don't know. Do families sit around and are they on their damn phone all day? <laughs> I've I've done those exercises though. Exactly what you've said. Like it takes a hit to the ego because first of all, we're psychologically wired, right? It's a defense mechanism to point to project. Um, right. Cause we don't want, like, that's the ego. That's definitely, and that's, what's going to be like, that's why we call it ego death. It's got to be faced. It's got to be overcome and challenged and strengthened and surrendered. Um, so when you can do that, when you can let your ego just kind of shut up and take the back seat and be more observant to more observative than emotional and defensive, you can sit down and write those questions out. And I've done that so many times at different phases and stages of as I've grown. It's like, what are my values right now? What, what am I standing for? Like, who am? Because it's you strip yourself down to nothing. Who am I? What do I actually believe in? What What was I conditioned? Like, you know, when you can start looking at all of that, like that's where the individuation process, you know, really comes online. <laughs> Right. Yeah. So it's not just about happy thoughts. So I don't, if that's what you took away, um, definitely not what I was saying. Um, so, okay. So there you have it. Uh, <laughs> kind of uh, went all over the place, but you know, we just go where right. our viewers listen. Um, so we got to call this day, but we, yeah, exactly. So we will see you tomorrow. Have a fabulous week. Um, and yeah, we'll be back on tomorrow. So love you guys. Mean it. Bye. Thank you. Bye.